Thank you for tuning in to Investment Insight, brought to you by McKay Wealth Advisory. Joining us today, we have Brent McKay, the principal of McKay Wealth Advisory. Brent, we had a unique opportunity this week, and it was to go to present, just talk a little bit about 401ks to the craft unions at Arnold Air Force Base. Yeah. Um, can you elaborate a little bit on that? So it was, it was a great opportunity. We primarily focused on the 401k investment options and the 401k plan within the NAS contract. Um, that's currently held within Vanguard. We did talk a little bit about um, some other uh, providers within um, the base 401k, but we, we primarily hit on NAS. You know, the big thing being um, just a couple of quick things people should know about their 401k with NAS and some quick hits um, or tips. Um, and so one of those being true up. So one of the things within the NAS plan is they're going to match you 50% on your first 4% of contributions and 100% on the next 1% in contribution. So you get a 3% match as long as you put in 5%. And so, but one of the things within the plan is they only match you on the regular contributions and not any catch-up contributions. So people need to realize that if you're maxing out in your regular, then you're switching to catch-up. You're not getting matched on your catch-up contributions. Another thing within the plan is, is they only match you based on your paycheck. So if you end up maxing out early. So if you max out in like, let's say June, you will not be matched on any more contributions for the rest of the year per the plan document. Now, there could be some catches, but that's what the document says. <coughs> so for instance, if you made $50,000 a year and you put in your um, 5% and you know, and you matched out earlier before you did your 5%, um, you see you matched out, you know, so you put in 30%, then you're only going to get $1,500 in match. Whereas if you made 50 grand the rest of the year and you kind of maxed out that last pay period in December on your regular contributions, not your catch-up contributions, then you would um, get the full match on your $100,000 salary of $3,000. So it's more to your advantage to, if you're going to max out to kind of streamline those 401k contributions throughout the 12 months rather than oh, let's put it all there and get it maxed out by June. Correct. I mean, the, 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 the benefits of maxing out early, of course, is you should earn more money because the money's in there longer. But for the match, just for the match sake of the argument, you really want to try to max out um, on the last pay period. That's something we can help you calculate to make sure. But watch out for bonuses. Watch out for pay raises because that can all impact this um, part of it. There's also the enhanced 401k. If you're not included within the pension plan, where you can get up to a 4% match, and that works the same way. Um, on that end, we had, you know, we had talked a little bit about to the union about, hey, as this pension kind of goes away, you know, hopefully the base will consider um, adding into their contract higher matches because we all know they're putting the, the contract means they're putting money away for that pension. So those people in the pension are getting money, and the people that are not in the pension are not getting as much money as the 1% enhanced, and so. Um, it would benefit the union and the employees to look at maybe asking for some higher matches as the pension phases out. Very cool. Very cool. So with the 401k, so we got how the matching works. We kind of hit on that. Um, let's hypothetically say I just wasn't very good at picking investments off, you know, just off the list. I mean, what's the difference in between a large cap and a mid cap? Hypothetically, if we didn't know that, or what's the difference in a bond? Basically, is there a system that can pick that for me, or is that something 
we can do here at the firm, McKay Wealth Advisory. What what are your thoughts on that? So obviously one of the things that's very strongly encouraged by the plan itself is to use the Vanguard Management Managed Account Program, which is where Vanguard will pick out certain funds for you. Um, we, I do believe that if you can get with a, a good Vanguard professional who um, helps you pick out individual funds, they can do a very good job of helping you pick out those funds. It does cost an extra fee, of course, um, for that service. I'm, uh, you know, working with us isn't free either. Um, you know, but in this case, we do help people, and we've not charged um, in any time my 17 years for helping people pick out their funds with a 401k. Um, you typically don't have to when you pick out the funds. You really want to stick with some of those funds for typically six months to a year. So you're not looking at changing that every week. Um, that tends to not serve you and your interest to change that much. Um, one of the things I do not like about some of the automated systems within the 401k plan is they'll pick a freedom fund, so a or a Vanguard Retirement 2040 fund. Well, that says that everybody that is basically going to retire in 2040 is the same, and everybody's different. And so one of the things that we will do for people at the base um, and people in general is we will help them pick out funds through a customized financial plan to their situation. And we currently don't charge for that. You know, we do not charge to help people pick out those funds and to build those plans. And we're happy to do it. You know, obviously the idea being that, hey, if we help you do well and you see some success with your money, that hopefully that'll lead to um, eventually letting us manage that money in-house as a potential option. Um, it can cost more than your 401k plan. So you do need to be aware of that, but uh, we believe the benefits are worth it. Um, but we do not currently charge to pick out those models. And one of the things we provided, um, several union members, were those models. Um, some of the models we picked out as of today. So if you were to come in the office and you didn't want to do a plan, and you just want help picking out some funds, um, those models are there. Um, there's really five main models. Um, Long-term growth, which is, you know, for somebody younger, 100% stocks, very, very risky. Um, should have a higher rate of return, but a lot of volatility. Um, you know, then we have a moderate growth, which is somebody that's, you know, probably in their 40s, going into their early 50s, who they're not necessarily near retirement, but they're getting closer. And you still want to get some growth, but you want to make some money. And then the last three are really good retirement or pre-retirement models, um, where you have some a lot higher percentage of bonds and lower risk investments. You want to typically leave eight to 10 years of whatever you need in lower risk investments um, to make sure you're set for retirement. You know, 2008, we all know, it took about five years for the stock market to recover in 2008. So you wanna have at least eight to 10 years of whatever you could use as something low risk so that if 2008 happens again, um, you shouldn't be in, in risk of running out of money um, on those models. And so those are, you know, long-term growth and income is a 60, 40% stock blend roughly. Uh, moderate growth and income is about a 50% you know, growth and dividend stocks and 50% um, bonds. And then conservative growth and income is more like 60, 65% bonds and 30, 35% stocks on that end. Yeah, and I'll, I'm glad that you brought up 2008, not for the year, but just for to illustrate this next concept, rebalancing. Yes. How would rebalancing have affected, if you were in 2006 and you were rebalancing your portfolio leading <coughs> up to it, would you have seen as much of a loss in 2008, in theory, of course? That's a great question. So if you remember in history, everybody remembers 2008, but a lot of people forget 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007. We had five years in a row of positive returns for equity markets. So many, many people went into 2008 thinking, hey, we've had five great years. 
why wouldn't we have another good year this year? And so one of the things in rebalancing you do is as the market goes up, you move less risky. So you pull some of those, those gains into less risky investments. And vice versa, when the market goes down, you want to be buying low. Everybody says they want to buy low. Few people do. do, do. Um, I remember in 2020, the very low of the market, one out of 10 investors sold their 401k out at the very low of the market in 2020. What a terrible time to sell at the worst spot. Um, and so with rebalancing, as the market goes down, you're buying more. As the market goes up, you're reducing the risk. And that's why it's so important. You know, one of the reasons why we've offered since 2007, or at least I have as an advisor um, since 2007, we've offered the ability to help people with these 401ks out and not charge them for that is, is to help them make sure that they preserve that money. You know, because we're fee-based practice. So if we help you have more money when you retire and you do let us manage it, then we're hoping we can make more money because if you make more money, we tend to do better. And if you go down, um, you know, we make less money. We still get paid, but we do make less money on a, on a, um, when the market goes down. Yeah. Perfect. So we mentioned 401k and then what's the difference really between a 401k and an IRA? Kind of the, you know, one of them seems like an alphanumeric sequence and the other one's <coughs> just an IRA. Can you just elaborate on that? So 401k is basically a business control plan. So your beneficiaries, all the rules in the plan are dictated by your employer and their document. Um, one of the things we brought with us was the NAS 5500 plan. If you want to look up the NAS plan, if you go to 5500 form search, which is the IRS, Department of Labor documentation, you can see the most recent plan. You can also see how much money is in each fund on the NAS plan, which is kind of neat. Um, you can see what other people you work with like and don't like, generally speaking. Um, not their individual balances, but just the plan on that end. And so an IRA means it's individually directed. You make the decisions. So one of the, the differences on that is, is with a 401k, you get the benefits of all the employees having their money together. So your fees are tending to be a little lower. With an IRA, you're paying as an individual, potentially. So your fees could be a little higher with an IRA versus a 401k. Um, you know, at 59 and a half, you are allowed to roll your 401k out of an IRA. That's the last time we looked at the plan. Um, at that age, so a lot of people will pick that point to say, hey, I want to make the decisions. You know, a lot of 401k plans um, only allow a spouse to continue the 401k on. So, you know, I've got seven kids, so if I worked at NAS, they probably don't want to be paying the fees for the seven beneficiaries of my plan, my seven children, after my wife. So if my wife and I die in a car accident, they're going to cut a check to her for my full 401k um, to my kids, because my wife would be dead too. Um, and so then they're all going to have to pay taxes on that money, potentially, because that money's coming out tax deferred. And when it's paid to them, it's now taxable. In an IRA, if, um, you know, you're over 18, um, well, depending upon up to 26, um, you know, you can take it out based on your life expectancy. So kids can keep the money in there for a lot longer. But at minimum, when you inherit an IRA versus a 401k, you get 10 years to pull the money out. So you get 10 years to manage the taxes. Whereas when you inherit a 401k, if you're non-spouse. They write the check right then. They write the check right then. And you're going to get a 1099 saying, you know, if you got half a million dollars in the account, you got half a million dollars in income to your kids if there's one beneficiary. So, so that's one thing a lot of people will do. But you have to understand, um, you've got more investment options out of the 401k within an IRA because you've got unlimited options. You do have higher costs. You do have some beneficiary advantages. Um, and also, you know, the, the 401k, they do pick some pretty quality funds. So you do have high quality investments within the 401k. 
Yeah. And so you have more options with an IRA than a 401k because you can pick anything out of it. Correct. Right. Okay. Perfect. So you're not just confined to 20 or 30 preset options that um, they try to put in an umbrella portfolio per se that fits any range of investors. Sure. Right. So, okay. Perfect. Perfect. But it can't cost more because, you know, if you got more options, you can have higher fees because, you know, you get a discount because the more they condense it. And that's why the base does keep the options a little limited is they want to do, you know, keep it that in. But like for emerging markets, there's not really a base option for emerging markets. And, and like we have an emerging market option we use in our office that doesn't include China because we don't like investing in Chinese stocks right now. We don't feel like there's good potential for return there. And so, um, that's something that is an advantage of having an IRA. You can get emerging markets, you know, like Mexico this year, as of the tape of this video, is up 19%. So you could buy, you know, Mexican stocks have done very well as these jobs leave China and go back to uh, other places. And so there's opportunities to pick, but then there's also, with more options, there's more risk too. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, switching gears, but kind of still in the retirement um, vehicle per se, sure. but now kind of switching. Let's go into pensions just a little bit. Defined benefit versus defined contributions. And just really what that means is that from the employer standpoint and underfunded, overfunded, you know, different um, pension things. Like, can you elaborate on that just a little bit? So within the base, they have a, of course, a lot of people are still in the traditional pension plan. Um, the traditional pension plan right now is very well funded from what we have, we've seen. Um, the, uh, the rumor is that the pension is going to make be maintained in the next contract, which is we're very thankful for, um, for our, you know, for our customers. Um, the benefit of a pension is the company promises you a monthly benefit. So with them promising you monthly benefit, if the market goes down, they have to put extra money in to cover the difference. So they're gonna they're they have to have enough money in that bucket. If they're giving you three thousand dollars a month, thirty six thousand dollars a year, they have to put enough money in that bucket. To where that investment can earn the three thousand dollars a month. Now, interest rates. Everybody asks, well, why does interest rates affect your pension? So, if if you're promised forty grand a year, and interest rates are four percent, they got to put a million dollars in that bucket to pay you four percent. If interest rates are eight percent, you know they've only got to put half a million dollars in that account. Now, the base plan has a floor, and it has a ceiling. And so right now, if I'm not mistaken, we are at the at the ceiling. So that means that the lump sums have been restricted. They're not as much as high as they used to be when rates were lower. And as we as we look at our current environment and rates continue to go up this month as well, this means that those lump sums have dro- have dropped off. Now next year, theoretically, if maybe they want to cut interest rates a little bit, maybe to stimulate the economy, maybe let the economy look a little better. There might be an opportune time to pull your pension out when the interest rates are lower, um, you know, or if there was a big market decline and hey, you want to try to take advantage of the markets being low because of the floor and the ceiling, you're kind of able to manipulate the markets a little bit, which makes the pension very hard for the base to fund because they're having to give you the maximum amount of money when the economy typically wasn't doing as well when the rates were lower. And when the rates are higher, they give you lower money. So they're doing the opposite. They tend to be selling low and buying high, and so um, a lot of people, you know, within that plan, um, you know, or look at that. Obviously, the way the pension works is because it's a monthly benefit, not a contra- defined set amount of money put in. As you get older, the base has to put more money in because 
as you get closer to the time where you got to have that $3,000 a month, the base is required to put more money in because there's less time for that money to earn interest, so they have to fund it heavier. So that's why pensions tend to grow from 55 to 65. You know, whereas now the current plan does allow people at 62 to roll that original lump sum money out of the pension plan into an IRA. Um, you know, the benefits of that, of course, is if you and your spouse both die, that pension's gone. You lose all the money. If you die and your spouse lives, you lose half the money. So a lot of people want to roll their lump sums out because they want to make sure their kids get something because you guys have been putting money in the pension forever. One of the things that we discussed in the union is, hey, as, as um, this, a lot of people aren't covering this pension is, you know, maybe asking in future contracts as this pension gets smaller for a higher 401k match to cover some of those um, the monies that were being put in for people with the pension to be put in something else. Yeah. That's a really good point, and uh, I think that's something definitely to look out for in the future, potentially. Um, is there a way that, not really in the pension space, but is there a way that if I wanted to learn more about different investment topics, what's going on in this current um, economic world, just stuff, is there a way that we can, that you do an educational program? So typically every second Tuesday, this month was actually the first Tuesday, um, we do an investment site, which is an educated space on markets, where we talk about what's going on with interest rates, the economy. Um, you know, the big one of our um, biggest ones has been who's going to win the election. What's the market saying about who's going to win the 2024 election? We'll do that the um, month or the day of the election. What the market is actually saying about who should win the election. Um, but it's free. Um, if you want, you can um, reach out to me, Brent at McKayWealth.com and uh, we can get you on our email list on, um, so that you get a copy of that in your inbox. Um, it's also available on um, our Facebook page and our YouTube channel, um, you know, if, if you want to watch that. But that we do updates pretty frequently on markets and trends, and it's a great way to learn. And if you have any questions, you can email us or, or, um, or uh, respond um, on the channels about things you would like us to talk about for topics. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for all the uh, educational benefits of just 401ks and pensions, and I think that just really makes a ton of sense. I think thank you for your time today and just going over that. Thank you all for tuning in today as well, and I uh, hope you have a great day.